Last week, we left Daniel in an, in an impossible situation, right? Facing the impossible. And yet God met him there, didn't he? God met him and he provided exactly what he needed in the moment that he was facing the impossible. Because it's true for Daniel too. The life that God gave him, the breath God gave him was bigger than Daniel. It was about something bigger than just Daniel. So now what? Did you feel like a cliffhanger last week? No? I did. And I knew the end of the story. I felt like Anybody read it this? Anybody read the rest of chapter 2 this week? Okay, don't lie to make me feel better, but okay. A couple of us, good. Well, we're back in chapter 2. I want to ask you to join me there. And while you're going to Daniel chapter 2, verse 26, here's the question. What now? What happens next? I, I found myself meditating on a verse in Jeremiah chapter 9 this week where God is speaking to his people through his prophet, and he says this, the wise man should not boast in his wisdom or what you know. The strong man should not boast in his strength or what you can do, and the wealthy man must not boast in his wealth or what you have. But if you're going to boast, and and this word boast is really about giving praise to something. If you're going to praise something, if you're going to boast in something, boast in this that you understand and you know God, or God says that you understand and you know me. You wanna boast in something, you wanna praise something, you want to recognize something, recognize this, that you understand and you know me, that you know this, that I am Yahweh, and I show faithful love, justice, and righteousness on the earth, for I delight in these things. You, you want to you wanna boast about what's happening in your life? Don't boast about how wealthy you are, the things that you have. Don't boast about how smart you are, the things that you know. And don't boast about your strength or the things that you can do, your talent, your capacity. If you want to boast in something, God says, but this is God speaking. Boast in this. Boast that you understand who I am, that you know me, and that you know specifically that I show faithful love, that I show justice and righteousness, that I delight in faithful love, justice, and righteousness. You see that it's bigger than me. The breath that God's given me, the time that he's given me, the where, when, what, who, all the, that I, I'm here this morning on September 4th, is that today? September 4th, 2022, I'm at the age that I'm at, I'm in this body, I'm in Northern California, I'm right here specifically in this building with you is bigger than me, it's not about me. It's about whether or not people know who God is. See, God didn't give me life and and energy and capacity so that I could Show people how strong I am, or how smart I am, or how wealthy or influential I am. God gave me breath, and everything that he gave me, so that I could make him known to the world that he put me in. And I love that he's very specific. I want people to know that I show faithful love, justice, and righteousness. In fact, I want the world to know that I, Yahweh, delight in these things. Kurt, I didn't place you where I put you, with who I, all the things, the details of your life. I didn't do that so that you could show people all those things about you. I want the world to know something about me. And that's exactly what we discovered last week in Daniel chapter 2, is that God 
Do you remember in chapter one that Daniel had great capacity? Do you remember that? He, he was in the upper class, right? He had great capacity. He had the ability to learn things. He's very smart. He's very attractive. He's physically attractive. Do you remember? It talks about that in chapter one. God gave him all that stuff so that he could show the world how strong he was, how smart he is, how wealthy he could become. Or did, in fact, God give him those things, and then God, in his sovereignty, oh, let me say it this way, God, in his faithful love and his justice and his righteousness, he placed Daniel exactly and his friends exactly where he wanted to be in the time that he wanted them to be with the capacity that he gave them so that the people of that day would know something about God. You guys, that's why, that's why I got breath. That's why I have breath today. That's why I was able to get up and get dressed and get ready and the, my ability to drive a vehicle here and get here and then, and, and then open up God's word and, I, and, and bring my heart and my, my mind back to this and prepare for this very moment. Because God wants us, he wants this world, he wants people of our day to know something about him. And it's about to happen in Daniel chapter two. Look at verse 26 with me. Remember where we left him? The king asked Daniel, so, also renamed Belteshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? My, my chief executioner came and told me that he found somebody that can not only interpret my dream, but who can tell me what my dream was. Are you able to do that? Daniel replied, no. I don't know how long of a pause was there. If it's me, I'm Daniel, I'm, I'm putting a big, long pause there because for effect. No. Oh, king, no wise man, no human being, nobody, no matter what their capacity, enchanter, magician, diviner, whatever source they look to, whatever they're able to do, no human being can explain to the king the mystery that he has asked about. Nobody can do what you've asked, but, you see another pause? However, you're asking the wrong question, king. Here's the question you should be asking. Here's the answer I'm gonna give you to the question you should be asking. There is a God. There is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He can do what no other being, no other source can do. And he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar. I'm here today, right now, to fulfill this. He has shown, he's about to show the King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you lay on your bed are these. I'm gonna tell you what the dream is. Now, we don't know if the king remembered his dream and what, you know, he, obviously he was testing his, 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 uh, his wise man, as we saw last week, but it's also possible that he actually forgot the dream himself. He had a, this dream and, you know, he just like, oh, what, what does this mean? We don't know, we just know that he's asking somebody to tell him what the dream is and then interpret it. And Daniel's about to do it. He says, as you were lying there, O king, your mind turned to things to come. What you saw, what you experienced were about things to come. And the revealer of mysteries showed you the source of your dream is who? According to Daniel. It's God, right? It wasn't too much pizza the night before. It wasn't whatever. The revealer of mysteries, the one that I spoke of, no human being can do this, but God can. And he showed you what is going to happen. Now, as for me, my part in this, my mis this mystery has been revealed to me. 
Is Daniel boasting about his strength, about his capacity, about his wealth? His, or is he acknowledging that it's not about him, it's bigger than him, it's about God? I didn't figure this out, king. God gave this to me. Just as the revealer of mysteries showed you, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom, there it is. Oh, what an opportunity, right? Come on, he's been taken away from his homeland and he's lost everything and he's had his whole life turned upside down. He's even been given a new name and all these challenges and all this pain and all this loss. Oh man, don't miss this opportunity, Daniel. Don't miss this, you could really benefit from this. But what does he do? It's bigger than Daniel. It's been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than other living men, it's not because of my capacity, but so that you, king, may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. Now let me make a statement that we've tried to kind of capture in the last uh, three, two and a half weeks, today and the two previous weeks, but it just, it just kind of, it, it's, so let me say it, there's so much in it. Daniel embraced the exile, he embraced the change, he embraced the circumstances, he embraced the loss, everything turning upside down in his world. He embraced it. And every time I, I study this man's life, and it happened again this time, as we're going through this, how do you do that? How do you do that? I get tripped up, I get stuck when one thing changes. The price for gasoline, or the cost of my chai tea latte. Or something gets moved around the house. <laughs> Somebody borrows something from my garage and they don't put it back where it was and I can't find it. Are you with me? Am I the only ones? Like, ah, then everything's like, ah, what's going on? And, and ugh. How do you embrace all of this change? How do you not give up? How do you not get discouraged? How do you not turn into a whiner or a complainer? How do you not go along with what all the other people in exile are doing. Can I suggest to you, I think the key for him and for us is this. Number one, Daniel embraced, he, he realized that God wants to be known. God wants to be known. Now this is, this is foundational because this then becomes the, the foundation that I choose to build my life. If it's about me and my life is about me, this isn't going to happen. I'm not gonna follow in the footsteps of Daniel. I'm not gonna be faithful in my set of circumstances. It's only when I come to this foundational truth that God wants to be known. In fact, he wants to be known in Jeremiah. He wants to be known as a God who shows faithful love. He wants to be known as one who delights in justice and righteousness on the earth, not just in heaven, but on the earth. Bottom line is God wants to be known. And my breath that I've been given is to make him known by what I say, what I do, how I live, my relationships, how I navigate the circumstances that he calls me to live in. I didn't choose the circumstances of the last couple years. I didn't choose the decisions that people around me that I love have made. I've chosen my own decisions that have brought grief and pain into my life, are you with me? I did that but so much is outside of my control. And I'm, I'll be the first to admit there's been moments over the last couple of years, even this week, where I kinda just wanna be a whiner. I just wanna be a complainer. 
I just want God to change things. I, I'm asking God questions. When are you going to do something? When are you going to make it more? I have a button. I have one of those buttons. I can't remember what. Uh, yeah, I got an easy button that I push, and, it, and there's a male voice that says, that was easy. And I, I brought it to my office because I knew this was going to happen, and it does. Every 30 seconds, no, every half hour, so I just walk over. I put it on the other side of my office on purpose. I go over and I hit the button. Well, that was easy because that's my fantasy, that life would be easy, that circumstances would work themselves out, that people would love each other and put God first, that we would choose to love and care for each other, not harm and sin against each other, that we'd all be aligned and walking the same direction God has called us to live and to invest our lives. But is that what's happening? No, and it's not easy. And I found myself this week being that guy that, man, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. I wish there was a button. And until I come to terms with what Daniel understood with clarity in his day, I won't be there. I won't be Daniel. It begins with acknowledging and embracing this truth that all the word of God backs up. God wants to be known. He wants to be known. What is that? That's evidence that God wants to be known. And he's probably not going to look the way that we think he looks. And he's not going to behave and act the way that we thought he might. But he loves justice. He loves loving kindness. He loves, he delights in righteousness. And Daniel came to this realization somewhere in his journey, maybe before he even got to Babylon. But he came, I'm sorry, this bugs me, it's crooked, sorry. He... At some point, he came to this realization, I'm going to build my life on this truth. God wants me to be known. And what that does is it triggers the second truth. God chose Daniel. God chose me to make him known here, now, today. As long as I'm over here lamenting the cost of my chai, or I'm lamenting the cost of gasoline, or I'm so frustrated with, with leadership in our, in our society, in the various forms of it, or I'm angry about what's happening, and we should be angry sometimes, but as long as that's where I'm living, I'm not living out my purpose. I'm not using the breath God's given me for the reason that he gave it to me. See, so not only do I have to grab onto the truth and stand on the truth that God wants to be known, that changes everything, but here's the, here's the struggle. Now I have to come to terms with this. Did, in fact, God put me where I am in the set of circumstances that I'm in, in the day and the time with who's in my life, so that I would make him known? And that is my answer, and a few others as well. But if we're honest, we struggle with that. God chose Daniel. He came to realize that God wants to be known. God's mission has always been to make himself known. Do you realize that? That's all... He, he makes creation. He puts Adam and Eve in the garden, and what does he do? He walks with them in the morning and goes, hey, how's it going? It's me. And then what does sin do? It puts this big, giant obstacle, this big wall in the way of God's mission, his heart. You, you with me? He comes now in the morning, hey, I'm here, it's my time, how's it going? And wh where are you? Well, we're hiding because we're naked and we're ashamed. Oh, what? I mean, he knew what happened, right? And what does he say in Genesis 3? He says, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send a child. He's going to be born of a woman. And that child is going to grow, and he's going to give his life. He's going to crush the head of Satan. He's going to crush 
the efforts of Satan to try to keep people from knowing me. You understand that that is, that is Satan's heart? That is his intent? That is his mission? To keep people from knowing who God is. To know what he's like. He wants to twist it. Mani- Did God really say, are you sure? He wants to twist it and manipulate it and muddy it up. Is he doing that today? Oh my goodness. Everywhere we look, we're confused. We're angry. We're not sure as, as, as a human race. We don't know what to do. We don't know what's going on. We don't know the answers. We don't know the solution. Meanwhile, God is right there saying, it's me, it's me, it's me. And he's looking, because I want to be known, and he's looking at his children saying, I put you right where I put you in the places, in the circumstances, in the time, with the people that I put you so that you would make me known. The breath I gave you, use it to make me known. Yeah, but God, it's really hard right now. And it's going to get harder for Daniel and his friends, isn't it? There's stuff coming. They don't even know. We, we like, well, they had to know, right? No, we know, but they didn't. They don't know about the furnace. They don't know about the, the other kings that are coming. They don't know about the, he doesn't know about the lion's den at this point. God, you don't understand how hard it is. Yes, I do. God, but you, no, hold, just, Curtis, be quiet for a minute. Listen to me. I want people to know who I am. I want people to know me. And I've placed you where you are, when you are, in the circumstances you are, and I've given you breath. I have given you capacity. I've given you some wealth, some, some strength, some wisdom. I've given you those things, but they're not for you. They're for you to use to make me known. What a responsibility God has placed on you and I. If we've put our faith in Jesus Christ, if I've embraced his sacrifice and I've been adopted into his family, my life now has a singular, solitary purpose. Make him known. Accurately. Reflect him in the circumstances, in the mess that we find ourselves. God placed Daniel and his friends where they were, when they were, with who they were to make him known. Daniel got it. And I'm, I'm suggesting that everything we see in these men's lives, even what's already happened, is rooted in these two truths. They believe God wants to be known in their day to those, wait a minute, those are Babylonians. Are you sure God wants them to know him? Hang on, you're gonna see how clearly God wants Nebuchadnezzar to know him. And all those people that worshiped other gods and were going different directions. Daniel came to the realization God wants to be known and he has called me in this day, in this time, in this moment to make him known. That's what I'll use my breath to do. Verse 31, you looked, O king, let me describe, here's the dream in more detail. You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, the chest and arms, and of silver, the belly and the thighs of bronze, the legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. And while you're watching, while you're seeing this statue, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. A a, a rock was made visible, it took shape, but it wasn't done by human hands. And that rock struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. And then the iron and the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces at the same time and became like chaffed. You know what chaffed is? When you harvest the weed and you've got the stalk and you've got the kernels and they beat it 
So it separates it, then you throw it up in the air, and the chaff, which is, can't eat it, blows away. Nothing. He says the rock smashes this statue, and it becomes the pieces are just like chaff floating on the air, like a threshing floor separating the wheat from the chaff, and the wind swept them away without leaving a trace, like they never existed. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain, and it filled the earth. Oh, I wish I could be there, could have been there when Nebuchadnezzar hears Daniel telling the dream. Whether he remembered the dream and was testing people, that or a combination of that, or maybe he didn't remember it, and to have Daniel tell it to him in detail, goosebumps show up in me that he didn't, to be in that moment. And all the, whatever wise men were there too, there's, I don't know what the crowd is, but here's Daniel standing there using the breath God gave him to reveal this dream to Nebuchadnezzar. And not only does he tell him the dream, but look at verse 36. He says, this, this was the dream, right? Again, pause, right? Yeah, yeah, that was it. And now we, who's we? Yes, but I'm gonna to suggest too that it was Daniel. This is a test. In Hebrew, in the Hebrew names. I heard Michelle. As, oh, look at you show off, Azariah and Hananiah, is that right? <laughs> I'm asking because I don't, go, I don't remember. No. I think it's these guys, the guys that prayed, the guys that Daniel come to and said, let's pray and ask God for the revelation, and they did. And now we will tell you what it means. You, O king, are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power. The God of heaven has given you. Think that was shocking to Nebuchadnezzar? I think so. He's given you dominion, power, and might, and glory. In your hands he has placed mankind, and the beasts of the field, and the birds of the air. Wherever they live, he has made you the ruler over them all. You, Nebuchadnezzar, are the head of gold. So far, good news, right? Come on now, right? Woo-hoo-hoo! I'm like, yeah, that's me. Okay, great. So far, so good. But after you, another kingdom will rise. Okay, I know I can't live forever. But it's going to be inferior to yours. And then next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. And finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron. For iron breaks and smashes everything. And as the iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and the toes were partly of bay clay and partly of iron. So this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. And as the foes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with the baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. It will be a divided kingdom. That part's pretty good, right? But there was another part to the dream, wasn't there? This rock is going to come and smash all this this statue and the kingdoms that it represents, and they're just going to blow away like chaff like they never existed. Now, is that good news for Nebuchadnezzar? In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will, it, it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain. That's what the rock is gonna do. And it's not by human hands, it's not man, it's God. A rock that broke the iron, broke the bronze, broke the clay, broke the 
silver and the gold into pieces. The great God has shown the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and the interpretation is trustworthy. Amen? Now, there's a lot here, isn't there? There's four kingdoms. If you want to mark in your notes that you're taking down, chapter 7, he's going to have a, Daniel's going to have a dream, and he's going to be four beasts. And there's really interesting details in those beasts. But they parallel, as we learned last week, what's the word? Chiasm? Chiasm. They parallel chapter 2, and we get another glimpse of these kingdoms. Was, in fact, there a kingdom of the Babylonians? Yeah, about 65, 66 years. And then there was another kingdom that came behind them, the Medo-Persian Empire. And that was a little over 200 years. Did that happen? It did. We know it happened. We have lots of evidence that it happened. There's the silver. And then was there another kingdom after that? The Greek Empire. Alexander the Great. What is he boasting in? And that's the bronze one. And that lasted for about 185 years between him and those who came behind him. And then following them came the Roman Empire. And the empire lasted about five hundred, five and a half centuries. It existed longer in different forms. And that's the kingdom of iron and clay. Did the Roman Empire smash and destroy everything in its path? It really did. And you'll see that in chapter 7, more details. We, we could, because we could, we're geeks, right? We're Bible geeks. We could spend, just, just hover here. But let me just do this for the sake of time. The reality is this, and I, and I put the slide up. There's a statement I want you to, to grab. God is sovereign. God is all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He is intentional in everything he does, and he is on mission. Put the statue back up there, please. That's what that is. That's the God of all creation saying, these are the kingdoms that are going to happen, and there's one part in the dream, and, and they've happened. But there's a part of the dream that hasn't yet happened. Did you catch that? The stone, right? The stone that grows into this huge mountain and destroys everything before it, almost like they never even existed. And there's this fifth kingdom with a ruler. Who is the ruler? He's not made by human hands. Would you agree that it's this guy right here? Take the statue down because I don't want there to be confusion. That cross right there. And he's going to destroy everything that man, all, all the lies of Satan, all the best efforts, all the boasting of power and wealth and wisdom is going to be destroyed. And it's all ready to go. It's all in place. God is sovereign. He is omnipotent. He is intentional. And he is on mission. Now, I say it that way because I believe there were moments in Daniel's life where he questioned that. We get the highlights. We get the moments where God really used him. But he's a, he's a person just like you and me. And I think there were moments that he had like I have that I go, God, you're, you're sovereign. You're, you're all powerful. You're intentional. Nothing's accidental. Everything you do, you mean to do. And you're still on mission. You're still making yourself known to your creation. Take a look around. God gives this dream to this king and Daniel interprets it. And if I could summarize it, it would be with that statement. Nebuchadnezzar, what you need to realize, and here's details, and here's how it's going to play out, and here's what's going to happen, because he's God and he knows. But here's the bottom line. God remains sovereign. He remains all-powerful and omnipotent. 
He remains intentional in everything that he does, and he is on mission. This, the cross, is on mission. Every time we come to the Lord's table and we say, we proclaim his death until he comes. Is he coming? Is that mountain coming? Is the rock without, not formed by, is it going to happen? Is Jesus going to establish his kingdom? Is heaven real? You sure? Amen. You know how I know he's sure? I'm sure? Because God is sovereign, he is omnipotent, he is intentional, and he is on mission. And he will never get off mission of making himself known. And I and you, we, as Crossroads Church, need to get our hearts and brains wrapped around this truth so that we use the breath he's given us to make him known. Let's get our eyes off of the circumstances. Let's learn from Daniel who is in a much harder, bigger mess than we are today. And yet he realized God wanted to be known and God had placed him right where he was to make him known. The interpretation of this dream confirms that God is sovereign, he's omnipotent, he's intentional, he's on mission. When the king heard this, verse 46, the king hears this interpretation, he falls down prostrate before Daniel. The king of Babylon doesn't do this, and he falls down before Daniel and he pays him honor and he makes an order that an offering, an incense, be presented to him. He's telling people to worship Daniel. That's what he knows to do. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and he is the Lord of lords and a revealer of mysteries. Pause. Has God made himself known through Daniel? Come on now. Think about it. The king of Babylon worships these other gods, and he publicly says, Daniel, your God, Yahweh, is the God of gods. He's the Lord of kings. He's the revealer of mysteries. He does what no one else, none of my wise men, none of the, the, the priests, all the people that, that lead the worship in all of our religions, nobody could do it, but your God did it. Did God reveal himself to Nebuchadnezzar through Daniel? Does God want to reveal himself through you and me to the people in our lives. The people that don't believe in God. The people that are angry at God. The people that hate God. The people that are living in direct rebellion to God. Because doesn't that all describe Nebuchadnezzar? And yet God revealed himself, and I hope you caught, he's the God of gods, he's the Lord of kings, he's, he's, he's like no one else. He's like no one, no other God or religion that I know. Because you were able to reveal this mystery. You should underline that in your Bible. That's Nebuchadnezzar acknowledging that God has made himself known through a human being, through Daniel. He acknowledges the mission that God's on and Daniel's part in it. So then the king places Daniel in a high position. He lavishes many gifts on him. He makes him rule over the entire province of Babylon and he puts him in charge of all the other wise men. I just have to laugh. Moreover, not only that, but at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their Babylonian names, as administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Let me give you one more thought. God is sovereign. God is omnipotent. God is intentional, and he is calling you and me to join him on his mission. You with me? 
I am not free to live the life that he's given me, the breath that he gives me today. I'm not free to use it how I want to use it, to make people aware of my strength, my wisdom, my whatever, my time, talent, and treasure. If God is a God who wants to be known and he is sovereign and all-powerful and intentional and he's on mission, then he's placed me right where he's placed me, when, where, with who, in the specific circumstances that he's placed me in so that I would be on mission with him. That mission we have written on the back wall, to make disciples, to raise up passionate followers of Jesus who live by faith, known by love and a voice of hope. We weren't just trying to cover up some holes on the wall and try to make it look nicer. We believe that's the mission that we're to be on, the mission that he's given Crossroads Church in 2022 in in Carmichael, in Sacramento. Because we believe that God still wants to be known, that he still delights in righteousness and justice and loving kindness. And he wants the world to know, yes, that he's righteous and holy, but he wants the world to know that he is full of grace and mercy. And he's given you breath to do it. And he's given me breath to do it. And he's given you capacity. He has given you wealth, wisdom, and strength so that you can show off, you can make a name for yourself, you can become an influencer, or that you can make him known. I want to challenge us this morning to engage the people in our lives to know Jesus. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. I believe what Jesus is saying there is I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to engage the people in your life. Get out of the pew, get off your couch, get off whatever, you know, let go of all that you're trying to do to make a name for yourself or make life what you want it to be and instead use the breath that I've given you. Use those things, the, the, the ability to do things, the, the, the knowledge that you have and the resources you have. Use those to make me known and specifically engage people that they would know my son Jesus Christ. Make disciples of all nations. Engage the people in your life to embrace his revelation. You know what God's revelation is? It's creation. Yes? It's his word. And it's his son. And so we point people to his son. We point people to his word. We point people to creation and say, look, God not only exists, but he wants you to know who he is. And he was willing to send his son Take your place to cover your sins so that you could know God. That barrier could be removed, that Satan could be defeated, and instead you would live your life to make him known. Engage one another, engage those in your life to know him. Number two, empower the people in your life to love him, to understand who he is. I I love that Jeremiah passage. He said, I want people to know that I delight in certain things. Nebuchadnezzar sees him, wow, he's God of gods, he's king of Lord of kings. There's nobody like him. Jesus says in Matthew 28, I want you to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. When you, make, when you make disciples, you go and you disciple people, make sure they know what the relationship is that God is offering. He wants to make you a child of the Father, a child of God, come into his family. He wants you to have have a relationship with Jesus where he is your master and you are his follower. You're his disciple maker. Your life has purpose. It has significance. The reason you were given breath, there's a reason for that. Make sure people know that the Holy Spirit is ready to move in and take up residence and empower whatever it is that God's asking you and I to do and to be. 
Oh, I love God. You know why I love God? I love God because of who he has made me to be in his family. I mean, he's done amazing things. But long before that, it's just this idea that he wants me in his family. And he's going to live inside of me. And he's given me purpose. And he said, you're my child. You're my son. Empower the people in your life to love Jesus. Show them. Teach them. Speak to them. Number three, equip those in your life to obey him. I know in our culture particularly, this is a, a four-letter word, right? Obey. Starts very young. I didn't teach any of my kids to say no, and yet that was probably the first word every one of them learned. My second born especially, if she's watching. Equip others. Equip one another that we can obey him. He says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Let's challenge and encourage and equip one another to walk a life, to use the breath he's given us to live and surrender to the Spirit of God. And he will always lead us on a path of obedience to God. Do you believe that? He will always lead you and I on a path of obedience to God. Always. And number four, boy, do we need encouragement. We need to encourage one another. Jesus said, I'll be with you to the very end of the age. I'll be with you in 2022. I'll be with you through COVID. I'll be with you in monkeypox. I'll be with you through 2008 in the financial. I'll I'll be there and I could go back through history. Jesus says, I'll be with you. I will be with you to the end of your days on this earth. And then you'll come be with me. Is that encouragement? Then let's remind each other of that, that truth, that fact. Let's live like we believe it. And let's encourage each other to get our eyes off of the circumstances, off of the mess that we feel like we've been thrown into. And instead, let's make him known. Because we believe he wants to be known. And let's encourage one another to trust him. My time is done, so I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up, please. We need to respond, and as they're coming up, can I give you a question to chew on as we're getting ready? You're going to be our prayer team. Prayer team, are you ready? Our prayer team would make their way back to the two corners, tables back here. You want to have someone to stand with you in whatever mess you're in, however your week went, whatever you need. There's a brother, there's a sister that will stand with you in prayer this morning. We're gonna sing, but as we prepare to do that, I wanna ask you this question. I ask myself this. Where are the Daniels today? Sorry about looking in the mirror, but take a look around. You see those kids up here? Which one of those kids, which ones of those kids are gonna be the Daniels next year, five years, 10 years? Who's gonna be the Daniel when I'm not here? And some others that are older than me. You know who you are. Where are the Daniels today? Make it personal. Am I God's choice to make him known today? And don't just say yes, that's the Sunday school answer. I'm asking you to, to chew on that in your own heart and mind as we respond this morning. Is God sovereign? Is he all powerful? Is he intentional in everything that he does? And is he on mission? If your answer is yes, you better look in the mirror. I better look in the mirror and say, okay, I'm here right now, right here. Be Daniel. Father, we have have struggled in the circumstances that we have experienced the last couple of years particularly. 
not anything new. It feels very new to us in our lifetime. Father, you know that we've struggled to live our lives, to live each day, to build each day on the truth that you want to be known. You still want to be known. You want Northern California to know you. You want California to know. You want the United States. You want this world and all of our sin and all of our brokenness and all of our mess and all of the ways that we are, we are destroying each other. You want this world to know you. You've chosen us. We come into your family by faith. You've given us breath so that we, may, we might live our lives like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, maybe even others that lived in the circumstances you placed them in to make you known to that time, to that moment. So forgive us for our struggle. Wake us up. There might be some here this morning that, have, that are not there, that have not... It's hard to say it out loud that we have... We have not been what you called us to be. We have dropped, we've missed so many opportunities just to make you known because we've been so distracted by our own frustration, suffering, pain, very real things, things that you have been with us each and every moment. And your voice, your spirit has been whispering in each of our ears every day. I just want to make, I want to be known. I want to be known in the lives of people that know Kurt, that know me, my family, my kids, my grandkids, my son-in-laws, my neighbors, people in my, my neighborhood, the community, keep whispering in our ear, I want to be known, will you please show these people who I am? Father, forgive us, encourage us, wake us up, just to be honest with you first and then with one another we respond in these moments this morning. God, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you to open up our eyes and tear down what needs to be torn down in us so that we can go from this place and we can make you known. Holy Spirit, capture our full attention in these moments. We worship you in Jesus' name.